Well, thank you so much, Pastor, and thank you so much, LifeGate Baptist Church, for having us come out and terrorize your children and teenagers for the week. It's going to be a wonderful time. We're looking forward to it. And honestly, we're privileged and honored to have the chance just to be ministering in your church with your teenagers and with your kids. Because we're not doing anything different. What we're doing is we're coming alongside you. You're the ones who've raised them. You're the ones who've taught them. The grandparents in this room, you've given them the examples to follow of good Christianity. And all we're doing is coming along and adding to that faith. We're giving them the next step and just teaching them out of the Bible. You've done the hard work, and we get the privilege of coming along here and enjoying a week of Bible Club with them. And we're so thankful for that privilege. Pastor asked us to come up here and show our hearts. Now, if I was to do that, it'd be a little bit uh, bloody, so we're not going to do that fully. But I, I understand that even with revival, transparency is key. And I hope that this week, if there's one thing you grasp from Mr. Jordan's heart and from what he spoke about, and for me, I hope there's one thing you grasp about us, and that's the transparency, that we genuinely want to see God move. We've been praying for this church for a long time. We've been praying for you, and we don't even know you yet. You may think, well, I'm not even going to be here for the Bible Club. Well, we've been praying you anyways. Will you be praying? We really need you to. Because Neighborhood Bible Time and, and uh, Vacation Bible School, or whatever you want to call it, or Bible Club, is only as effective as the church is mobilized. And it's only as effective as you are in your prayer life. And it's only as effective as you are in what you put into this week. We need you to do this. Because it's not, there's nothing special about Mr. Jordan and me. But we do want to share our hearts with you. And the transparency that comes along with that. I don't know if you have your Bibles open or not, but if you do, that'd be fine. Matthew chapter 8. It's not going to be long. It's just one simple phrase that stuck out to me so very clearly in the last, oh, I don't know, I guess two months I've been meditating on this. And very clearly God's been speaking to my heart about this issue. It's right before the passage you just heard about where Jesus literally is moved with compassion on the multitudes. Matthew chapter 8 and there's one phrase I want to, hear and I want to uh, look at in here. We'll get to that. I want to give you some context. The centurion is coming up to Jesus. And as the centurion is coming up, Jesus knows his problem before he ever comes up to him. And he says, Lord, save your master. My, my servant is sick. And Jesus says, well, I will come and heal him. I will come. It's a promised miracle. He's going to come and he's going to heal the this, this centurion's servant. But the centurion stops him. Now, I don't know about you, but if I had Jesus say, hey, I'll take care of your need, I'd be like, "Woo! all right, that's good. But you know what? The centurion didn't stop there. He actually asked for something more. He says there, no, 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 no. Just say the word. Because I'm a man under authority, and I say this man go, and he goeth, and this man come, and he cometh. I know that you have the authority to. Just speak the word, and he'll be healed. You know what Jesus does? He looks at him and says, I've not found such great faith in all of Israel. And that's where I want to look at this last phrase in the 13th verse there. And Jesus said unto him, Go thy way, and as thou hast believed, so be it done unto you. As thou hast believed, so be it done unto you. And I want to ask you the question, have you believed? I know that we're going to see some fruit from this summer. I know that we're going to see some fruit from, from Bible Club this week. And it's going to be great. Kids are going to be edified, and we're going to see some teenagers saved. But are you expecting the status quo? Or are you expecting God to really come down and do something great again? 
Are you expecting God to move? As thou hast believed, so be it done unto you. God honors the faith of his people. And who in, this, who in this world is going to exercise faith except the Christians? And who else except the Christians in Ireland? And who else except the Christians in this room? These people in the pews I'm looking at, from your left to your right, and not just there, but in your hearts, that is the faith God is looking for. That is the actuator, the initiative that God is looking for in your faith to have something great done at Bible Club this summer. It won't be because of the faith just of people in, over in America that have been praying, and it won't be just because of the faith of people across this world. It'll be because of the faith of the people in this room because you believe that God can do something. We have faith, but do we see that faith in action? Faith in action. That means literally praying and spending time in even just five or ten minutes out of your day begging God to do something great in this rally. And you may say, as, as many of I've heard this many times placed, Ireland's a very hard country, and it is. But so is every other country. Every place is a hard place. There are hard hearts everywhere. They are found in the churches, and they are found in the gutters. They are found in the cities, and they are found in the countryside. It doesn't matter where you're at, there are hard hearts there. But the question isn't about their hard hearts. The question is about ours. As thou hast believed, so be it done unto you. Where do you lay in that line in that graph of, as you've believed, so be it done unto you. Do you lay it at the, at the door of, I'm just glad Jesus is going to do a miracle? Or are you laying at the side that says, I just want to see God do so much more? Where are you? Assess yourselves, because I can't do it for you. This is something you must do with the Holy Spirit. And if you have a genuine relationship with the Lord, you'll ask him. And he'll tell you. We don't always like the answer, but he will. As thou hast... Uh, as thou hast believed, so be it done unto thee. I'm convinced that Mr. Jordan and I get the best job in the world. We get the privilege and the opportunity to travel the world reaping the benefits of your faith. Everywhere we go, we get to see kids get saved and lives turned around. I can't even begin to tell you the joy that I felt just by seeing kids and children come to Christ and teenagers give their life completely fully to him and yield them, themselves completely to Christ. Some of you have experienced that in your life. You've experienced the day, the moment, maybe the week where God just was gripping you. And you said, it's time for me to give my life completely to him. You've decided to stop working for your salvation. You just started, decided to start let, letting Christ have your entire life and say, he's the only one that can take away my sins. And you felt a freedom immediately. You remember that day, don't you? Do you remember the day when you were in sin? And maybe even as a saved person, you were in sin and in bondage, and yet you decided, I am going to lay down my arms and allow Christ to have control over my life and stop the war. And you surrendered. We get the chance of seeing that everywhere we go. Have you believed that it's going to happen this week? With teenagers you don't even know? With kids who don't even know they're going to come to Bible club yet? Do you believe that? Or are you content with where you've been at on the chart? Just that God's going to do a move. God's going to move. God's going to do a work. Or do you want so much more from him? I think of all the different places we've been and all the, the places across the world that we've traveled to and will travel to. I think of a, a boy named Eric who heard the gospel. And the first night of Bible time, he heard it and he, 
he didn't raise his hand for salvation. He just kind of played the games. He was very quiet. And as he was on the side and on the fringe crowd, as we call them, he had fun and he had a great time and he got active in the games as the week progressed. But he didn't get saved. He decided that he was still going to work for his salvation. Well, on Thursday night, we were praying for him and nothing happened. Well, Friday night came and it's the last chance. I preached a message that really wasn't gospel-centered. It was, it was a message about... I guess it was gospel-centered, but it wasn't on the gospel particularly. It was a message on what to do when you fail. What to do when you fail. And as I preached that message, at the very end of it, I said, Now, I know that I haven't given the gospel, but I'd be remiss if I didn't ask. How many of you would say, Mr. Seth, I know I need to get saved. I need to ask Jesus Christ to be my Savior and stop the war. And two hands went up. One was a boy named Philip that was in the back, and he'd been coming for the last two days. He was part of a Muslim background. And the other one was Eric. And Eric went to the back and the pastor was there and met him. And he went to the back and uh, counseled with him. I found out later that Eric told him, I, God has been working on my heart all week long. And I decided finally it was just enough. It was enough. I needed to give in and let God take my life. There's a lot of Eric's out there. I think of people like Dylan who memorized so many verses. I, I Mr. Jordan, how many verses did he memorize? It was 50 Bible verses that this 11-year-old memorized. He memorized 50 Bible verses. That puts me to shame. And as Dylan memorized his verses, his heart was stirred, and he went home and he literally cried so that his baseball teammates would come to Christ. He cried for his teammates on his baseball team that they would be saved. He said, God, get a hold of their heart, and he would pray for them. Well, he got so burdened that he invited them out, and two of them decided to come out. They were teenagers. And so they came out to the rally, and, and he was perceptive of the fact that Mr. Jordan was talking to one of them. And so he took the other one away and started playing with him for a while. And Mr. Jordan got to give the entire gospel to him in depth. And just as he was about to make that decision, the other team came back. We don't know if he made that decision or not. But I know one thing for sure. Dylan, in his heart, fulfilled the Great Commission. An 11-year-old boy inviting his baseball team out and having two of them come hear the gospel. We don't know if that boy got saved or not, but he heard the gospel. And he was this close. We pray for them. Because there's, there's more kids and teens out there amongst these halls and amongst these rooms and amongst these communities that you don't know and I don't know, but somehow they're going to hear about this rally. Somehow they're going to hear about this booster rally. And they're going to come out and they're going to hear the gospel. And if prayers don't go forth, it'll all be in vain. Because it is not of him that willeth, nor of him that runneth, but of God that showeth mercy, Romans 9.16 says. It doesn't matter how much we run. It doesn't matter how much we will. It doesn't matter how much we work. It must be God that showeth mercy. Because it's all of mercy. Go thy way. And as thou hast believed, so be it done unto you. I think of a boy named Gideon who was just going, uh, going into his uh, 17, I guess it would be, Maybe 16 or 17 years old. And as Gideon was uh, preparing for his next steps in his life, he went to this rally and uh, he was saved and the Lord began working in his heart and the entire youth group began to follow. That entire youth group saw a real revival take place in their hearts. And I remember talking to him a few weeks after that rally. He said, Mr. Seth, our youth group is just flammable. Everything we touch, God just seems to bless 
And we know that it's not because of neighborhood Bible time. We know that it's not because of you, but God just has done a work in our youth group. Thank you for coming out. And all we get to do is reap the benefits, the faith of churches before us. What's your faith level? Where are you at in that spectrum? You may not be participating this week. And you may not be able to come out. And you may not be able to participate like you'd like. But can you pray? It's time. Because God will honor that faith. As thou hast believed, so be it done unto you. Think of a girl named Vanilla just last week. Doubted her salvation because when she got saved, she didn't feel like she was saved. And for an entire year, doubted that. With tears, with insecurities, but not feeling like she was good enough. And she finally got it nailed down just three nights ago. And she, with tears in her eyes, said, I feel saved tonight, and it doesn't matter if I do tomorrow. It's good because I am saved. I think of Valeria, who is just 11 years old. And Valeria, every single night last week in, here in Ireland in the Swords, came out for counseling every single night. And she wondered, and she asked this question to one of the counselors, why is Christianity the true religion? Why should I believe it? And as little 11-year-old Valeria asked these questions, she was really searching, and she was, you could tell she was convicted. She would come out there crying sometimes after the invitation. And we'd ask her these questions, and she just felt so embarrassed that if she got saved, her family wouldn't, wouldn't accept that. She just didn't get saved because of that reason. And as Valeria went back, every single night, we'd have a new person work with her and try to teach her and convince her of the things of the Word of God. She wondered why Christianity was the true religion. She was too embarrassed to get saved. But one night we decided to have the group pray for her. And as our group of workers and teenagers and church members and, and adult workers all prayed and said, Lord, help Valerie to be saved and understand the gospel is the truth. That next day, she came in and something was a little bit different about her. 11-year-old Valeria, she brought a neighbor that day or a visitor that day. And she brought her visitor in. And she came up to Mr. Jordan and said, Mr. Jordan, Last night in my home, I decided to get saved. 11 years old. On her own. She decided to put down the war utensils and say, no, it's done. She put down the hammer. She put down all the things she was working with. She, tried, she stopped trying for her salvation and she said, no more. At 11 years old. She brought a visitor that night. And all throughout the night, she kept nudging her, her visitor. Hey, you need to get saved. You need to get saved. And you could tell the joy in her face because she had given in. Have you given in? Maybe you haven't. If you've never accepted Christ as your Savior, tonight's the night. You ought to stop fighting because it's not worth it and you can't win the war. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life and no man comes to the Father but by me. Have you accepted Christ as your personal Savior? I didn't ask if you go to church. I didn't ask if you're religious. I didn't ask if you are coming through a program. I didn't ask if you're good enough. I didn't ask if you have a beautiful face like me. I didn't ask if you have that kind of stuff. Did you accept Jesus Christ, your Savior? Because the dividing line is Jesus. He that hath the Son hath life. He that hath not the Son hath not life. And that's Bible. Which side of that fence are you on? It's your decision. As thou hast believed, so be it done unto you. I think of a man named David, and the last one here, David. And as David, he was very quiet, but he helped me out a lot this last week in Ireland, and he really was an encouragement to me. And 14-year-old David sent me an email just two nights ago, and he said this, and I quote, 
Hi, Mr. Seth, it's David. I just wanted to thank you, Mr. Jordan. I was told that you're going to Tala next, next week, so I just wanted to tell you that you have all of Lighthouse Baptist Church praying for you and me, so God will be there with you. What you're doing is truly a big inspiration for me, but my dad disagrees. My parents have arguments over what I'm going to be when I get older, but my dad has invested and saved loads of money towards my school and the future. He doesn't want it to be wasted on something like a missionary or an evangelist. I'm going to try and email and reply as much as possible because I do love you in Jordan. I hope everywhere you go and everything you do will be successful. Best wishes, David. And do you know that there's another David outside these walls? And I'm intent on meeting him. I'm intent on meeting other people like Valeria. And I'm intent on meeting other kids and teenagers who are beyond hope. And you don't know them yet either. But they're coming. They're coming. And as you have believed, so be it done unto you. Have we lost the joy of our salvation? Have we lost sight that kids can even be saved and make these kind of decisions? Because they can. And they're real. Jesus said unto him, Go thy way, and as thou hast believed, so be it done unto you. How much have you believed? Have you even believed in Jesus Christ, your Savior, at all? The dividing line is there. He that hath the Son hath life, he that hath not the Son hath not life. Do you believe that kids can be saved this week? If so, will you pray? I don't, I'm not just asking for a trite phrase or for a few moments of prayer. No, I'm not asking for that. I'm asking for a time of prayer, whether it be five minutes or a minute. Will you pray? And answer that question in your heart. Will I pray for vacation or for Bible club this week at LifeGate Baptist Church? If you could all bow your heads and close your eyes, we'll close in prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for the chance to minister alongside so many good people and so many saved and wonderful Christians and examples of Christianity. I thank you, God, for the opportunity of the harvest and for the ownership of the harvest. I pray that we would be moved with compassion on these people, on these kids and these teens. That we would see a great work again, not by our might, not by our power, but by your Spirit. I pray that as this week would go forward, that you would be glorified, that we wouldn't steal any of the credit. God, I pray that we'd see more teenagers, more kids make decisions, that it become real to us again. I pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. Pastor.